Okay, so today I'm talking about the key ideas and the notes that I took from uh, Sam Altman's appearance on uh, the podcast with Tyler Cohen called Conversations with Tyler. So let's just jump right into it. He starts out saying, I've become so convinced that the only thing that my firm has to do, meaning Y Combinator, is find the smartest, most talented people in the world and make bets on them as people to trust that they will figure out the right ideas and businesses. This reminded me when I heard this, uh, one of my favorite books I've ever read is uh, Creativity Inc. by the founder of Pixar, Ed Catmull. And he says something a lot of, um, well, he has a few quotes on this, so I'm just going to read them to you. Um, if you get a good, it, it's kind of echoing what, what Sam's saying here, that you need to bet on people, not just the idea, because the, the right people figure out the right idea. If you give a good idea to a mediocre team, they will screw it up. If you give a mediocre idea to a brilliant team, they will either fix it or throw it away and come up with something better. There's an important principle here that may seem obvious, yet in my experience is not obvious at all. Getting the right people and the right chemistry is more important than getting the right idea. I've made a habit when giving talks of posing the question to my audience, which is more valuable, good ideas or good people. People think so little about this that in all these years, only one person in an, in the, in an audience has ever pointed out the false dichotomy. To me, the answer should be obvious. Ideas come from people. Therefore, people are more important than ideas. So what Sam's saying is just find the best people and make sure that they can get into business as fast as possible and will be successful. So he says, so not only is uh, Sam the founder of OpenAI and other companies like Looped that he sold, but he's, he was also for a time the, the president of Y Combinator. And he says, one of our greatest different differentiators is that we, run, that we run YC in the way we tell our startups to run a successful startup. Almost every other VC gives advice that they never follow themselves. And so he, he's identifying what the other VCs don't do and at the same time identifying what makes a successful product. They don't build differentiated products. They are not network-affected businesses, and they don't try to build a community. He's saying YC does all those. Something that he's learned from his time of helping a lot of people uh, scale, uh, scale companies is, I, always learn, I learn you can always scale systems more than you think, and you can never predict ahead of time where the choke points will be. Um, interesting enough, he's a fan of history. And he, he has this, uh, a, uh, a comment on the Industrial Revolution I don't think I've ever heard before. And he said, I think the most important invention of the Industrial Revolution was the joint stock corporation. This allowed for large groups of people to coordinate towards a common goal with aligned incentives. That's an interesting thought. Uh, they were talking a little bit about superpowers. And he, I don't, he doesn't necessarily think he has a superpower other than uh, he says, I've met many people smarter than me, but only a, ha a small handful of people that are more curious than me. So curiosity could be a superpower if you actually do something with that curiosity. So then he talks about what he feels is, uh, one, he says, one of the most important traits in an entrepreneur is relentless resourcefulness. So there's actually uh, a famous essay, if you haven't read it yet, it's by Paul Graham. I will link it in the email. It's worth the five or ten minutes it takes to, um, to read. But he describes re relentless resourcefulness as, uh, this thing that you're working on is so important to me, or to you, that I'm going to figure out how to get it done. Whatever it takes, whatever I need to learn, whoever I need to convince, I will get it done. Um, and then he has a really good point that I wish, I mean, you know, I've met a ton of really, really driven people. And I think uh, that's a hugely positive attribute for humanity. But I think that if you're competing with anybody else besides yourself, especially in like the world of business, 
are creating products, whatever it is, could be detrimental. So he's got some comments here that I think are, are, are worth uh, our, our attention. One thing that is important is to be internally driven. Yes, I agree with that. Being driven to compete with yourself. Don't compete with other people. You'll wind up in this mimetic trap, meaning you'll just copy, uh, where you play a tournament where if you win, you actually lose. But if you, do, but if you compete to be the best possible, possible person you can, there is no limit to how far that can drive you to perform. There's also uh, no end in sight because you can keep doing that up until the day you die. Um, book recommendation here, which just sounds really interesting. I've read a, a few, I've read Napoleon's Maxims a long time ago, but I haven't seen this book. I think I will because it's just a book of aphorisms, and uh, as a lot of you guys know, I'm a sucker for them. Uh, so it says the best book I've read last year was The Mind of Napoleon. I'll link that in the email as well if you want to check it out. Um, I strongly believe that momentum is so important, and he talks about this not just a momentum. He says at all all levels of organization because they're talking about like what do we do? Like you see the concentration of economic uh, wealth and and high paying jobs and and such in just a few clusters across uh, the country in America. You also see this in other country and other countries in the world too. And he was saying like, what's the anecdote to that? Like, what what can you like? Can you turn Detroit around or some parts of the Midwest? And that's why he brought up this point. I think it's just applicable not only to like what you're doing, uh, like how you're thinking about like countries economic, but he's saying like at all levels of any organization. So that could be a person, a company, a city, or a country. I strongly believe that momentum is so important. Uh, just another good quote here: People are more convinced by imagery than facts. And something that um, something that I think about too. Let me just make sure. Okay, yeah. Here, this is the one. One thing that has gone badly wrong in the United States is we have pursued a policy where housing is an investment and not a consumption asset. This causes housing prices to grow faster than the rate of inflation. A few decades of this, and you get the predictable disaster we are in now, where you basically steal the future from young people. If you could do one thing that would encourage economic opportunity, it would be to reduce the cost of housing near high-quality jobs. And the reason uh, that he's saying you could steal the future from young people because if all the high-quality jobs are located around housing that's too expensive for them to ever to for them to uh, to purchase or to use or to consume, I guess is another way to think about it. Like you're gonna you're, you're foreclosing on any opportunity there's actually another way to think about this like uh there's a there's a graph where you see like the cost of things over the let's say last 30 or 40 years and it's the difference between the prices of things we want and things we need everything we want like electronics computers uh media everything that has the prices just kept getting lower and lower and lower so it's getting cheaper over time everything we need housing healthcare, education is getting more and more expensive and I think the, the solving that problem is is uh, the ability to for our country to solve that problem uh, is going to determine its long term like overall health. If we're unable to solve that problem, we're doomed. Um, okay, and you'd have to obviously move elsewhere or whatever the case is. So let's see. Um, they they had this really interesting discussion that um, I'm personally interested in because uh, like I think physical fitness and movement is extremely important something you should engage in every day whether you do weightlifting running what doesn't matter but just move but uh they've noticed something at least in their own uh circle of friends like why is weightlifting correlating with successful founders <laughs> and of course it's correlation it's not causation it's not saying that you have to weightlift if you want to be successful it's not what i'm saying but the it, it, i thought his answer was uh like 
it it speaks to you know what driven people are into and it, you're probably driven so i mean you probably are if you're listening to this so it says it is fun to have numbers that go up and to the right it's a proxy for driven people um he has some advice internalize that most things in life are not as risky as they seem most things are two-way doors you can come back meaning you can reverse this decision even if other people call you an idiot it doesn't mean that you have to listen to them um and then he's he's uh to me he's um this is very edwin uh ed landian <laughs> so um long-time listeners of founders podcast will know I bring up Edwin Land a lot. He's the founder of Polaroid. And I would consider him like, he basically was Steve Jobs' hero. And once you read uh, the biography of Edwin Land, you start to see a lot of ideas um, that we know Steve Jobs, he actually got from Edwin Land. So he definitely uh, looked up to him and wanted to emulate him. And I think he's a very fascinating person in his own right. But he said this too. He said, I would encourage other people to not shoot for something that somebody else has done. Shoot for something that no one else has done yet. Edwin Land says, you know, don't do anything other people can do is how he, he phrases that. Um, he says one problem, and then uh, 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 Sam is saying, one problem with really smart people is that they tend to be mimetic. They all have the same aspirations and want to work on the same problems. And to differentiate yourself, you need to find problems no one else is working on. So you see this too. Smartest of smart people, let's say 10, 10 years ago, all wanted to go to Wall Street. Then you have a big crash. Now that all the smartest people want to work in tech. Who knows what it's going to be 10 years from now. But this whole idea where we're like, oh, these, these people are climbing the ladder. They, they go to the best schools, et cetera, et cetera. And you realize there's not a lot of original thought. And that to be truly uh, like smart, to be truly intelligent, is to be able to think from first principles and decide what you want to do. And to be able to go on a path that may not look uh, advantageous to other people. Um, he has another good point, which I love. Why startups are counterintuitive. All the best ideas, when I first heard them, sound bad. They sound bad because if they were obvious, other people would have already done them. And if other people were already done them, then there's tons of competition, and therefore, like, you're not actually creating anything new. You're not listening to what Edwin Lynn said. You're doing something that other people could do. And I'll end here, and I'll also link to this because I watched a bunch of these videos, and um, I thought they were fantastic. Maybe I'll even do some notes on them in the future because I, I won't just do podcasts. Like last week you saw I did the, the one on Steve Jobs. Um, that interview from 1995, which I found really, really fascinating. Um, but I think this is important in general, and it's part of the reason why I work on the things I work on, because I, I think that disseminating, collecting and disseminating ideas to, from one person to many is, uh, is very valuable. It has all these positive externalities that you can never even think to predict. So Sam talks about that here. I taught a class at Stanford in 2014. It was called How to Start a Startup. Without Stanford's permission, I put the entire class online. They were actually kind of pissed that he did that. I still get dozens, now that was five years ago, right? I still get dozens of emails per week from people around the world who watch the videos and learn something new. This taught me that we need to put everything we know about startups out there. We need to try to, uh, out, we need to, try to open source everything we know.